Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Dart Jam. I'm your host for today, Boomstick Mods, and with me, I've got Brandon Diaz. Hello. We've also got Meeker. Hello. I'm here of Myth and Legend. Nate. Heyo. Silly Butts. Hello, yes, I have a silly name. And Spud. That's me. Welcome, everyone, to our first episode. And we're going to, now that you've gotten to meet everybody, how what did everybody do this week? Well, that's a big question. Doing a lot of printing. Um, I just got some kits out the door right before we started. Um, I got some Supermax. I think Silly has been working on some Supermax blasters, which made me want to get us two Supermax 500s that I got like last week, which are really cool. Um, but that's about all I've been doing as far as nerf stuff this week. Did I release that mega thing this week? I think that was think this I mega XL. Yeah. Or that was like Friday or something, wasn't it? Technically, it probably makes it, yeah. yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, so I did that, and then I completely diverted my focus onto something else, and I've been trying to get a revolver going. Oh, What kind of revolver? Same. Uh, any kind. It is so much work. Yeah, you're telling me. Getting a cylinder-fed blaster to work properly, that is the... Uh trick isn't it pain and suffering my bench is full of prototypes as is my garbage can <laughs> that's a mood yeah i just ordered a uh, cage fighter hardware kit so uh waiting to put that bat together Ooh. fun little blaster regular cage fighter or luchadora uh no just the cage fighter is that that little bullpup flywheel blaster yeah radios thing yeah absolutely yeah. tiny ah nice very small tiny compact yeah if it's a cool niche what about you brandon what have you been working on video stuff or i'm trying to catch up on videos because i'm very behind but i just launched my web shop this week and i have been in bug chasing mode oh nice <laughs> for a couple mm -hmm. days now i need to order some of those stickers same you should order some stickers speaking of <laughs> bugs silly i know you've been working out the bugs on like a, a billion different blasters in the past week or so yeah, I work on too many things at once, so it's hard to keep track on which things are currently functional, which things are broken, and which things are in between the two states. Uh, it's been going well. Not a, not a lot of uh, extremely interesting developments, but a lot of incremental design changes that have been going well. I feel that. I'm still working on the Skubo um, finalization, and oh my goodness, what a, what a, pain, in, what a pain in the ass that thing has been. But uh, we're getting through it. The skew or the bow part? Uh, the bow part. Um, trying to figure out how they've modeled this in, in probably an archaic modeling software from 1990. I would say probably 1993 if we're talking about development time. Um, and it's it's oh it's a it's a joy. Well, wishing you luck on that. It's getting near, it's near <laughs> the end, near the end actually. So hopefully we'll see some some updates soon. I was actually able to. Uh test some new blasters out i had a indoor war this past saturday Ooh. where i got to i got to test uh field test my uh newest blaster the uh, axiom by uh, cobalt designs that was a quite the beauty oh that's right yeah I'm you actually, were like weren't you the first one to kind of like put a video up of that uh of that one yeah i'm the first one to put a video up on it um uh, I, I usually like to get some field testing in before i do a video review uh, but this, uh, I didn't know whether or not I was going to make it to the indoor war and I didn't want to hold on to that blaster for like another month before putting a video out on it. So I went ahead and just did the video without the, uh, 
actual field. I mean, I field tested through like the range and the accuracy and everything. I just like to also take it to an actual game because uh, I feel like that's what helps make uh, my channel a little bit different. Most of the blasters I review have been game tested and uh, actually put through a real test, not just at a firing range. Right. It looks awesome. I love the look of that thing. It's so different. It's very comfortable. It, it worked beautifully. Yeah, Cobalt Designs has some very nice aesthetics. Yep. Yeah, and he's super underappreciated, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. What else does he put out? He's got quite a few designs. He's got the uh, his uh, flywheel pistol. Ross and Ante. Oh, he's got a Ross and Ante blaster. That's cool. He's also essentially got a pump-action version of the blaster I have. Uh, I can never keep the name straight because they're all letters and numbers. <laughs> uh, it's essentially a pump-action version of the Axiom, which is the bolt-action version one. He's got a new one now that's cylinder-fed, which is supposed to be able to fire different types of ammo, which would be interesting. Oh, wow. Of course, the uh, small flywheel pistol. More cylinders. It's, it's, it's insane, and they look great. Oh. <laughs> I just saw what Meeker posted. I don't know if we have to, we can talk about oh, that. It's apparently secret. That looks insane. <laughs> oh. Wow. I think he has it on his Instagram, and I was allowed to post it on mine, but otherwise, I can share no details. <laughs> mm. I was going to say, it looks like can, a uh, can we speculate? pistol and a uh, concept pistol had a baby. Is there a mag in there? Yeah, no, it's a it's a flywheeler. Yeah, it's a mag and grip flywheeler. But oh, <laughs> that looks crazy! Oh wow, Funky. excited to see what that's about. Um, yeah. Does anyone else have anything interesting they've done this week? I guess any any interesting nerf purchases or other other information that they want to get out there. I broke a lot of stuff. I've been. I've got about. <laughs> I got. <laughs> I got about four videos that I need to film this week on four separate things that I'm working on. Uh, depending on when this video comes, uh, not video. Depending on when this podcast comes out, will depend on True. whether or not you uh, you know about these. Because I've got True. the the uh, bolt action shell ejecting blaster from uh, G Dop and Heath. I've got Meeker's Mega XL pistol, and I've got. The uh, the SAM, the sliding arm mount from uh, Out of Darts, which just came in today. Had to do some tweaking on it to get it to work properly this morning. And, oh, and the, uh, the I'm friends with uh, the creator of the NP5 Griffin setup. He's one of the local players who plays with me, so he let me borrow his NP5 Griffin, which I get to do a video on, too. So that'll be lots of fun. I got to go to the range and get a whole bunch of filming done. I noticed that you're slacking on printing all of my designs. This is unacceptable. I, I, if you should see my, li I, I, I'm, <laughs> I've, the, my, my print list is is overwhelming for my print, especially because my my printers have been so temperamental this week. So I, I spent a good couple hours this morning working on my mini, trying to get it to adhere to. Because I'm I'm literally printing the thumper right mm -hmm. now. Uh, I. Uh, you, you should be uh, grateful for this because I bumped the Wyvo bow down so I could print the thumper faster. Ooh, priority. I'm also, well, the Mini is printing my thumper. My Prusa Mark III is printing my, uh, the, the Megan, the rocket launcher Mega XL thing. Yep, that's Arminus's, uh dealio. Right, like I'm almost done printing that and my hardware for that should be coming soon. I, I have way too many blasters that I'm... <laughs> The, keeping the blaster review, keeping up with the blaster review game is expensive. Oh, I bet. 
I bet. And you're always in competition. Almost as much as prototyping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, especially for the smaller channels like myself and Brandon, uh, unless we're the first ones to review something, we're not going to get very many views. Like, my link, the video I did on the links did horribly because I was like the second, no, I was like the third person to review links. Right. And if you're not a big channel, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, it tends to happen. Yeah, that's why I try not to just focus on peer reviews because. I mean, people also don't really care what I have to think about it compared to, like, Walcom <laughs> or Drac. Yeah, I feel like you can. Like, I feel like there are so many different perspectives people can give, but just audiences don't care. Like, the general audience doesn't care if you've got, like, one view from another. They just want to see what their favorite person yeah. thinks about it. Mm -hmm. I should probably mention that uh, for the people listening who have no idea what I'm talking about, the Thumper is Silly Butts' design that's a Mega XL harmonica style springer the uh megan uh v2 is the large rocket launcher uh mega xl blaster by armatist designs uh the what was the other one the bolt action uh beta shell ejecting blaster that i mentioned is done by uh heath and gdop 26 uh it's a Again, a bolt-action sniper rifle that ejects shells uses the same uh, style mags as the Flypoint. And then the newest Meeker Blaster, which is the another knockout kit that fires Mega XL. This one's a lot more compact than the uh, Rocket one. So for those of you who have no idea what I was referring to. Mm -hmm. It's basically the size of the stock knockout, but it fires Mega XL. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's real nice extremely compact like i love it like i love the uh mark 28 i believe it was is the one that fired rockets yes uh i love that one the main issue i had with it is i couldn't carry it as a sidearm because i didn't know how to holster it you'd need like a drill bag yeah <laughs> yeah Dump it's so ouch. big like what i ended up doing with mine is i ended up uh i took the mark 28 i attached a proud papa to the bottom and a oh no a crooked cousin to the bottom and a proud papa to the top and I had, I was firing mega, uh, rockets and uh, shotguns all from that one. It was hilarious. Yo, dog! I heard you like shield busting. So I put shield I busting do. on your shield busting to bust your shields while you bust your shields. <laughs> I, I know this is uh, uh, we're trying to keep it PG thirteen, but I did give it a name. I called it the shield fucker. <laughs> all That's right, good. that might be fun. That might be fun for me to edit out if I have to. I'm, I'm going to enjoy that. I'm yeah. going to find something uh, to a, bleep that one out. Add a bleep or something or a quack. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What, what's fun for me is that all these blasters, like I'm a notorious shield user. So they're actually anti-me weapons. <laughs> hmm. ah. What you need is a manta ray. You're just giving everyone a fair advantage is what you're doing. Making yeah. The no, playing I'm leveling field even. the play playing field. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we release this as videos, which we don't know for sure if we're going to be releasing the podcast alongside videos or just as audio, but if we do, uh, we'll throw up some nice images on the screen of whatever garbage we're talking about. Um, and then you can, <laughs> yeah, you I can, think you we will in the future. I, I definitely like uh, that would be that would be a good a good option to do. Um, you can also is... link to Instagram posts. Mm, yes, sources True. in the description. Or, you know, there's this really cool thing, uh, Google. So if anyone really is, like, listening and they're really interested in what this is, they can they can Google it, I think. It's kind of hard to if Google every If you've ever been to blaster, a YouTube but... video. Yeah. 
If you've ever been to a YouTube video where it doesn't matter if you link it how many times in the description, they will still ask you in the comments, and you'll have to remind them oh, it's, it's the in the worst. description. It's the worst. <laughs> I've had people message me like on Instagram asking about a link on a video. <laughs> oh, my so word. you've come around to my Instagram. That's why are you going all the way over here? It was funny. more work to go to your Instagram than it was to just look in the, the description of your video or Google it. I've got like or Google it. I've exactly. got I think two. I think now I've got three videos on my YouTube channel regarding Nerf stuff, and like in three videos, I've already got like enough dumb comments for me to be like, yeah, it's enough. I've had enough of these. Like oh, there's so many that more. are just like so obvious. I'm like, just it only watch. gets worse from here. Oh, I know, I know. I'm so excited. YouTube comments are a special breed because because like uh, on my Maggie Ejector video months and months ago which somehow got picked up by the YouTube algorithm. Is that like 13,000 views for a channel with nice. 200 subs? Uh, the entire comment section is just filled like, oh, it's an M1. Hey, did you know this is an M1? Wow, did you know this is an M1 Garrett? <laughs> hey, man, this is exactly like an M1. Those are the worst. <laughs> Have any of you people with brains the size of a pea noticed that it is not an M1? Have you have you noticed that? Have you made that connection that they don't look similar, and the only similar thing is that something goes flying out the top? Hmm. So I can't hate too much because like I I sell I sell an Aeon Pro upgrade kit, and like half of the people that message me on Etsy about like availability or questions about it are like, "Hey, I saw the YouTube video." And I'm surprised like YouTube video was just like a last second thing I added, but like a lot of people find my content through youtube versus like links i put on reddit or links i put on discord so like at the end of the day i wouldn't have what i have now if it wasn't for like youtube viewers so i gotta give the good ones some benefit of the doubt but the bad ones oh boy yeah. it's like they're very they're polar opposites there is no like a middle ground a lot of the times all right i think we've gotten enough off topic on this one to have exhausted it <laughs> uh. <laughs> So since this is our first episode of Dart Jam, we figured we'd give you a little background about all the people we have on here today. Obviously, said already said my name as Boomstick Mods. I have a YouTube channel, uh, Instagram, and just freshly new TikTok. Oh boy! <laughs> uh, I produce. <laughs> I produ I make videos where I I do a lot of blaster reviews, specifically 3D printed blasters. That's kind of my bread and butter. I've kind of made. Especially when it comes to like shotguns and shell ejecting blasters, those became kind of what I was became known for. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's pretty much me. I enjoy making videos. I started this whole YouTube channel thing just because I wanted to make gameplay footage because I love video editing so much. And despite the fact that my gameplay footage never does as well as my regular videos, I will continue to make it because I love making gameplay footage. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. Nice. Brandon? <laughs> yeah, so my name is Brandon. I also have a YouTube channel, and um, I focus on gameplay, wars, and competitive play because I started my channel when the pandemic happened, and all of a sudden there were no more games. So the YouTube channel is like an outlet for me to continue to uh, get that fix of being out on the field and actually doing something when I wasn't able to get out there to get my fix and do something. That sucks, but I'm glad you got content for that. And then I had a baby, and now I don't make anything. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> Tell you what. Uh, so, I am Meeker. I've been in the hobby 
forever. Like since Nerf was a thing, but they didn't have an NIC. I was in Nerf Haven for a long time. I joined because I was looking for a way to build my own airsoft guns. And I stumbled into Bolt Sniper's FAR build and that kind of mm. got me hooked. And so ever since I've been into homemades and making my own and doing my own thing. Um, I run an Etsy shop now, Meeker Arms, that I sell the designs that I make because I don't really have time to run a job building the actual blasters. And I try and make everything simple and easy enough to source so that it's not like onerous for you to go out and find the hardware. You can go to Lowe's, spend $5 on a pack of screws and have pretty much everything you need. Uh, plus the printed parts. Uh, I'm Nathani. I only really got into the hobby when the pandemic started. Like I picked up some of Captain Xavier's videos and I thought it was a pretty interesting thing. So I don't really have any designs released yet. I have a bunch of things in the pipe. It's just a matter of finding time to do them with a full college schedule. I'm Silly Butts. I have been in the hobby since about 2007, I think it was. And that is extremely young for someone my age. I'm, I'm 18 at the moment, so that was what when i was four i began modding blasters which was you know that was fun what <laughs> wait a second I, i've always been a very technically minded person so but I were you in the hobby like what, how do you define hobby i looked at nerf haven okay for a four-year-old a four-year-old is not even a place for what? an adult let alone a child my, my father is very very uh okay. internet centric <laughs> <laughs> hang on a second i don't know about this it's true. We got Boss Baby on our on our podcast over here. <laughs> yes, I am a certified twelve year old. <laughs> um, so I've been in the hobby for about most of my life at this point. Um, part of the community for slightly less than that, but you know, contributing towards it. Um, dur uh, during the pandemic, I picked up 3D modeling as a hobby, and I have been, since the beginning of the pandemic, producing about a new blaster each month and releasing it mostly open source so people can go make stuff, and that's about it. Uh, I got some new things in the pipe every day. So every day is an exciting new journey of uh, probably breaking my 3D printer and not being able to print for the next week. All right, so I'm I'm Spud Spadoni. Um, I've been in the hobby for a pretty long time. Um, I think like I my my second blaster was a Maverick and it broke, so I went on YouTube to look for like how to fix it, and I found Yoon13's Maverick mod video. And oh man, n uh, Nerf Haven I think was like in the description or mentioned. So then I found Nerf Haven from that, and that was kind of the catalyst that got me. Um, into kind of the community aspect. I was on Nerf Haven for a long time. I'm in the Southeast area, so I've been to a lot of the, the Southeast wars, which are like, pro they're pretty long standing. We've been having like wars pretty much since like the 2012, 2010 era. Um, but I was like a big old school guy. He used like speed loaders and plus bows and all that. And then went to college and kind of like, kept up with things but wasn't like as active because I was just enjoying college and busy and everything and now have recently since basically around the pandemic have gotten back into it pretty heavily like got my first mag fed Springer 
like legitimate kind of NIC level Springer, um, like not too long ago. And basically since the beginning of the pandemic had started to really push um, kind of my my career uh, as a designer towards Nerf stuff and have pr been producing some kits and trying to push my Etsy store into different avenues and everything like that as far as toy design. Um, so just been here and there and everywhere since since about 2010. All right. That's a little bit of background on each of us. Now let's... Uh... Are there any community releases that we missed? I know we discussed a lot of community releases already and just what people are doing this week, but are there any blasters or any other community releases that we may have missed in our earlier conversation? Probably. I actually have one. Uh, someone in my Discord, uh, Snyder LL, Jesus, now I can't remember his name, L Snyder, uh, he, he linked me to this blaster uh, by Richmond Studios called the Chiron. No, no response. Okay, so it's a rival I'm blaster. The link now. I haven't seen that anywhere. That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, basically, it's like if somebody took a Jupiter and slapped it inside of a Perseus. Oh wow! <laughs> what is? Oh, wait, huh? Because it's like a full size, like uh, carbine, sort of like bullpup ish looking blaster. But you you stick the uh, the rival mag, like regular rival mags, just in the butt, basically like a conquest. And it just feeds directly in, but I've, I've never seen this design anywhere. Wow! Yeah, what's that? What's that bottom bit? Is that where the battery is? In front oh, of the, it has in to front be. Of the grip. Yeah, that's wild. Very blocky design. But uh, I reached out to the designer yesterday because I'm trying to find more information on it, and all he had to say is that he's still waiting on parts to come in. Um, so he couldn't give me prices or any information that was valuable at all. Yeah, it looks like he's doing like a launch where. I don't know if he's going to be doing like pre-orders here, but like I guess he's getting ready to start production at some level. This is like a very, very robust website. So it seems like someone who's planning Impressive. to like produce blasters legitimately. Yeah. Oh, they uh, got like a whole studio. Oh wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. Where are they located? This it is. It seems like they have the same issue that Cobalt uh, had uh, up until very recently, where. They make very high quality things, but no one knows about it because they don't they don't go out there and promote it anywhere. And it doesn't look like their community. This is also that looks like their first blaster. Yeah. So yeah, it's one of those and things where it's not from a community member, so they're like having to like really push from scratch into the into the hobby and everything. Maybe I should reach out to them. <laughs> Dude, it doesn't I'm, hurt. I'm about to like see if they want to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody in the chat just no, this looks like a job for me. Yeah. Follow me. <laughs> Hello there. I happen to like money and uh, nerf. I hear that you can uh, help with both of those likes. Right. It's got like a very like alien. Um, was not. It's a. It was like the M4A1 or whatever. It's got like a very like alien. Yeah. No, it's that it. coloring and then the vent holes and the. Grip kind of style looks like that. Yeah, 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 sci -fi. yeah. It's like very like trapezoidal. I'll be very if it's semi-auto. I know everyone wants full auto. I but think I'd it's full auto. More interested if it was semi. I think it'll be I'm full. Up, I'm, right. I'm pretty sure I mean, the video shows it's full auto. Dude, it might be mag-powered full auto. <laughs> Which makes sense. How do you go Which from is... like yacht design to doing blasters? Because they've got like yachts on their website. <laughs> Like that they produce. I'm gonna say COVID. 
Yeah, maybe, but that's wild, dude. It's COVID being stuck at home, being like, all right, what can I do by myself? I can do a blaster. I can do that by myself. Well, shoot, if you can do like so a I legit guarantee boat, you that's what it was. Yeah, then you can do a blaster. So that's yeah. Funny. We need a we need the crossover event of the century. We need a boat blaster. <laughs> they, a they, boat blaster. They need to be paying us for all this. Like we're we're giving them a lot of uh, free advertising. A lot of shout out. Yeah, advertising here. I mean, it oh, seems like, like they know who Worker is. Oh, yeah. I, I imagine so, most it, people probably do at this point if you're getting into this hobby. But, yeah, I mean they're all over Amazon at this point, all over everywhere. Yeah, Worker, that's such a huge... Cause I remember when Worker was new, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is what I always wanted. And now Worker is like, you can't, you don't have to buy it from Asia anymore. Like, it's like, you get two-day shipping on, like, most of their product. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, the hobby in general has come a long way as far as, like, being able to buy things as far as, like, between the, the stores that are in the U.S. and the extra companies that are now making things. There's a lot. Oh yeah, it's I mean, so easy now. There and there's so many companies over overseas that are, or at least like pseudo brands that are popping up out of nowhere now and like producing stuff. Almost like every every quarter, there's like a new company. I feel like that's coming out. Like with the, you know, between Worker, between some other companies, like you have like the S one hundred, S two hundred, all that is now like, you know, whether whether those are legitimate like builds or. or "Quote unquote stolen builds from other community makers." Yeah, it's 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 growing yeah, because they share they share a lot of similarities with some community designs. Mm-hmm. Well, part yeah. of that is also Chinese companies transitioning away from gel blasters or other now unfavorable uh, business types in China, switching to Nerf because it's you know it's largely the same from airsoft to. Uh, gel to nerf. It's, yeah, you know, you got a grip, you got a trigger, you put thingies in it, and they come out the end. What's the difference? I see no difference. Yeah, no, that might have been a perfect storm of designers staying home from COVID and learning to design and starting doing that and releasing it to China banning gel ball right before the pandemic. So they all had to retool into our space, and now they're taking our stuff. Yeah, I think- and I could. S- I could see how that could be like a misunderstanding too, because if you don't know the community space that's already present and you're a company that's like well established in, in your zone, like if you're a gel blaster company that's like well established and you're like, oh, this looks like something we can do. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, we don't know who you are. Like you haven't been around long enough. Like it, I imagine, like, which as we've all seen, like there creates like some interesting dynamics between like companies overseas and the hobby space, I guess, internationally. Well, since we've kind of already dived into this topic the main topic we were going to discuss for today's episode was going to be copycat designs and what that means for the nerf hobby and what actually makes a copycat design as we've already been discussing with the whole chinese market and gel balls and going into that whole history there's there's a lot to unpack so feel free to continue but i wanted to properly introduce the topic (laughs) yeah introduction some introduction <laughs> you guys, anyone want to take that? So, well, there's a bunch of different designs that have been popping up all over, uh, like Taobao and Alibaba and some of those other um, international supplier sites. Usually, they don't ask and just copy somebody else's design. And you'll just be looking one day and you're like, oh, hey, that's a, an MHP blaster that Worker is now selling or 
whoever. I don't, I don't think that specifically happened. Um, and they never reach out to the original designer. They never ask. They just do. Apparently, there's some cultural um, yes differences to to why they're doing that. Also, it is easy, and there's a there's some misunderstandings. Um, as a designer, I've seen it happen to some of my stuff, but it doesn't happen as frequently to me as I think others. Um, and it it's it's tough because you like you see you'll see the for a while there were injection molded geckos uh, for sale on you know some of these websites, and injection molded is a lot more attractive to people than printed. Uh, I think there's a whole on links at this point that's injection molded. Yep, there's injection well, molded links around. There's geckos, woozies, all, all of the everything. Well, so I'm pretty is sure woozies molded. started the whole thing. Yeah, at least that's it, the it first was one the I remember the clear woozies. They got banned by Australian events. Well, the clear yep. the clear woozies are the first ones that really like brought it into major public view. But even worker yoinked some designs from some small people probably yeah like they probably messaged them but from what people have been saying they kind of just you know let's 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 do that one it looks good why why talk to the person i think woozy was like the straw that broke the camel's back because i think like some slug stuff was like stolen before that but like people were angry but then when the woozy happened it yeah so after that open source his stuff that's true yeah that yeah Borrowed, borrowed. Yeah. <laughs> I I know for me the issue is I, I I know there's some kind of cultural misunderstanding. We've had people in our Discord here who have talked about it that um you know the the mentality is just completely different. You know, you take something that exists and you use it and you make money off it. That's fine. What they're not understanding is that we have as as designers, it's like I'm in my living room doing this on my computer and I'm making a couple bucks doing it. Um, so if one of you guys wants to talk about the cultural side, it sounds like you can. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that like personally, uh, me and Taffy who designed the skewer, which is the T pole prime and then push back with the uh, Talon fed thingy. Um, he had his design stolen and before it was even China. out of beta. Yeah, before it was even out of beta, Taffy had his design yoinked and put up for sale in China land. And it took him a few months to get in contact with them, but once he did, he he realized through you know, through an interpreter, because, you know, you need to you need to be able to speak the language to get the nuances. Um he realized that it's just a cultural thing. You don't they don't realize that it's not okay or it's not acceptable in other parts of the world to see something and like it and produce it just because it's out there doesn't mean that you can go and make it and that's definitely something that china does and it's probably on purpose because the government but it's definitely a western thing yes yeah it's a very western idea i guess intellectual property wholesale is a western thing yeah, so right. like as far as the East, China specifically, like it's not just our scene as well. Like I, like I'm sure you guys know, like Yeti is like it's they make like cups and coolers and stuff. But you can go to Walmart and they have like plenty of brands that do the exact same thing because 
in China, there's different uh, patent laws that you can kind of run loopholes around like the Western uh, side of production. And just in general with like China, um, I know because I've seen like videos on like their stalls that like sell food and stuff like on the street. Like each stall is trying to compete with every other brand because there are so many people in China. It's like you have to compete just to survive a lot of times, especially in the like production and like manufacturing side of things. Um, so like culturally, like competing with people and finding any way to get ahead of your competition is like just par for the course. Like that is very normal. Um, so like I could see how them taking like Western ideas isn't seen the same way we see it. Um, and that's just coming from a Western mentality. Obviously, I think there's some other intricacies that aren't, um, that, that I probably don't know the best about. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's very confusing. And I think there is a lot of different ways you could go about it. Yeah. I also think that just, you know, as a society, we like to say things like, Walmart did this, Amazon did this, but like, you know, a company is a group of people. And I have to imagine that if you are somebody who's like a designer at worker and you see a design and are not an expert in international copyright law and those thoughts don't enter your head for cultural reasons or otherwise, it's probably just really easy to almost like accidentally copy things as a company because somebody lower than you did it. Right. Like if you're a manager, you don't necessarily know where those designs are coming from. That's interesting. I I will bring up that like can you say that like a propulsion system like oh everything is a caliber and reshell or everything is every sidearm technically uses the Lynx turnaround at this point. Is that considered copying? Yeah, that's an interesting discussion too. <laughs> and a complicated one. <laughs> I mean, because nothing is created in a vacuum. Like, you can't just say, oh, like, no one's ever thought of this idea ever. It's like, logistically, like, you're getting inspiration from somewhere, even if it's not in the community. Um, and I think a lot of people get, like, really touchy-feely about their property sometimes, um, especially if it's coming from, like, a big brand that's injection molding it, and which I totally understand. Um, but that's, like, a big thing, a big topic that's been going on in the past year. I know of several creators in the hobby who have become very uh, uh, have started holding their designs very close to the chest and being super cautious about who they let have access to their files because they're so worried about uh, other companies stealing that design and then making it and then there go all of their sales. Like that's become a big worry for some creators and like I've had to talk with some of my players who like don't understand why certain people are being so close with their designs it's like well they're worried about this which is a fair thing to be worried about um i mean obviously slug is doing what he's doing and he's doing fantastic but not everybody in the community is slug uh, not everybody has that many designs and has that platform already i mean how easy would it be for someone to had the legs cut right out from under them, like with the skewer, if that had gotten out of hand before the skewer had even officially been released, I could have cut the legs right out from under Taffy and uh, Silly Butts. Yeah, and that uh, like Slug's method of selling is that he can make hardware like a machine. <laughs> yes. He's he's better. Yeah, he's better at making hardware than anybody else is at making hardware. Really, um, so his whole his whole theory was that he can release the files for free and he can 
sell the hardware kits and he makes his money doing that. Like I was saying in my intro, like I don't have hardware to sell. I can't, I, I mean, especially with the knockout kits, sometimes you can just use the parts that come off the knockout to build the thing. Um, so it's just the file. And when it's just the IP, like it costs money to develop these things. And for me, I'm not making a ton selling files. Um, it's enough to pay for the materials I use and make it so the hobby pays for itself, but I'm not making a living doing it. Yeah. But if somebody came along and, and completely copied and started selling these things, injected molded, injection molded from somewhere without bringing me into the loop at all. Yeah. They, they'd cut me right out and I wouldn't be able to continue to make new things. Yeah. That's a great point, especially from like a community perspective. Like if you release something and people are like, well, why don't you just make it open source? Slug does it. And I'm like, well, well, I'm not slug. You know, it's like, I, I don't make the same slug. money. Like people don't realize how he makes money sometimes. And that can be tricky from a community perspective too. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the money is made on the hardware side of things because yeah. you can only sell files and prints for so much. But when you're bringing machining time into it, you can really increase the rates. Like, absolutely. Take the uh, the the Lynx hardware kit for example. Like, uh, that's seventy, eighty dollars for the hardware kit itself, and that's a lot of machine time in, machine time into it. But you buy a, a parts kit from Silver Fox, it's only another forty, fifty dollars. If I'm getting the rates right. Yeah, because I mean that's where most of the money comes from. It's really easy to print things or, or pay for filament, but it's the machining time that takes up a lot of the plus labor. the starting costs of machining is so much more expensive. Oh yeah, like, I'm sitting in a room right now. I have absolutely nowhere that I can set up a not even a CNC like a bandsaw. I have nowhere to set that up. Yeah, so, it, it, the cost of entry is super high there. Exactly. And a lot of designers just don't have the room to start manufacturing their own hardware, so they have to source it out. And especially with with not being able to make money off of hardware, and maybe you don't have the um like the the, the moral standpoint to sell files and you're just asking for donations or something like that, then that's where people copying your designs and whatnot without accreditation can really hurt you because even if you don't want much, even that tiny bit that you would get being taken away from you really sucks. It's not it's not it's not good feeling. Yeah, it's less about the money, it's more about just like the the morality. Like it it, it can just burn the you out. Yeah. Uh and I was gonna jump in here real quick and say that if if some of these bigger manufacturers who were injection molding or were copying reached out to some of us designers, like I would happily do a really like a couple of percent or something on a sale. It wouldn't need to be an expensive thing. It's like a dollar would be awesome. Although a lot of these kits that I, or a lot of these blasters that I see, they're so cheap that it's like, I have to imagine their margins are like super small to the point where even like a percent might be like half of their profit. And, and that's something that, that I'd you know I'd need to talk to the person about, but it would need it doesn't need to be a a huge onerous fee to for them to get a, a correct actual license to use the intellectual property that we you know I've created. I'm not I'm not sitting over here like you got to pay me a hundred grand for this thing. It's like no, I mean 
a buck, 50 cents, 10 cents, I mean, whatever the profit margin works out to be, but that would be better than just taking it without asking. Yeah. And, and especially for like uh, super cheaply made uh, blasters that are community designs, it's just like even the recognition that it's yours, like even not even wanting monetary kickback from it recognition is better than nothing and and especially with things like the gecko and the woozy those are all over amazon and people aren't necessarily going to notice or even know that the community is a thing so it's not safe to just assume that people know oh yeah you did that oh yeah this is from that person so you also get some of that moral standpoint as well. And especially with things like open sourced files, that's one of the things where you can kind of get into a gray area on that top on that um subject. Because even like for say uh Caliburn, that's Creative Commons Zero. Anyone can go and do whatever. And Slug would preferably like a little name on it or whatever recognition, but you also get into Someone could go injection mold a Caliburn, like Worker did, but, you know, it's Creative Commons Zero, who cares? Just make it whenever you want. And especially if you were doing that on a blaster where you buy hardware, like Lynx, making injection molded parts wouldn't really be as awful as making a full blaster that is like the whole thing and then shipping it without contacting the designer because then people still go and buy hardware from Dan for the links and then the situation is well not perfect better than a full rip and ship uh, operation yeah that, that'd be a really good way to do it also on the slug thing uh some of his designs were copied but more often than not with worker especially I know that he worked with worker to make uh, at least the Caliburn and the Esper, maybe the Taloncloth. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I think a little bit of a problem with that, with like collaborating with Worker, is that Slug doesn't get a monetary commission from Worker. They just ship him mags because he there's gets such Worker a... mags. <laughs> really? He gets talents. Yep. Weird. Mm-hmm. Because and then I buy them. <laughs> infinite free talents. <laughs> exactly. Well, he is but... the cheapest place to get talents, not to. Spilling this secret is not beneficial to me, but uh, (laughs) he is the cheapest place to get talents from when you get talents. Hmm. I'm literally looking at it on Etsy right now. I I am pulling it up as well right now. I think we need to edit this out. This is (laughs) the black market. Last I looked, they were about eight. This is too great a secret. They were about eight bucks. Kind of the whole reason for that is that it's so difficult to get money out of China. Yeah, right. Taffy, Taffy had some real issues with that exactly. with the skewer, trying to get money out of the uh, company that was producing them illegally. Um, he got in contact with them, and they were very amicable, and they wanted to send him money, but it's a royal pain in the ass to send anyone money out of China. So he just decided to drop it. It wasn't worth the you know five dollars per blaster. It wasn't worth the headache or fees or whatever that getting money out of China would take. So it just kind of becomes a catch 22. You, you know, wow. you, you can either get money out of it or even if you 
even if they agreed to give you money, you can't get it. That that's funny because I just realized um talking about like using mags as a form of like currency. I remember like back in the day too, um when like there were YouTube channels that were like doing a lot of commissions uh, outside of like some of the big names we knew, like a lot of people would ship money in like boxes that way to like pay for their, I guess because a lot of kids didn't have PayPal or, or debit cards or credit cards or whatever, and they would put the money in the magazine so that way like a postal worker didn't like open the box and like take the money. So it's funny how like now we're actually using mags as currency in a way for slug when like people used to like smuggle cash in magazines like that back in the day. Just thought that was a funny anecdote. Just returning to. Returning to the old ways. Returning to old NIC days. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It's interesting because, like, for me, like, if I got a little bit of cash to have an injection molded version of some of my designs and I didn't have to work for it because I didn't have to print it, like, I would do it because, like, I'm, a, I assume a lot of people in the community aren't trying to, like, quit their jobs and do this, like, Slug is able to. And then just on, like, the machining side, like, I'd machine my own hardware and, like, I like it's making me not want to do like sales anymore because it's such a pain to do if you don't have like a setup. So like as much right. as like people talk about like making money that way, it's if you like yeah, if you don't have a setup or if you don't have like the ability to just do that, it's so hard. Slugs lean down his process insanely. He has jigs for everything. He can do multiple uh sets of of one thing at a time. I'm pretty sure he's got CNCs, so that's that's happening automated. He's he's I working think he's outsourcing on CNC that? water cutting. Yeah, he's got. Say, I'm pretty sure I could that. count on like one hand the amount of people in the hobby who have Nerf as their full time job. It's a very small list, and it's people who have shops. You got out of darts. You got slug slug drag. You got all the YouTube people. No, so I don't think all of the YouTube people. Well, really, it's them, just but, you know, the, the biggest It's just Drak and Walcom. Yeah, it's just and those two. And out of darts if you include him. I think... Because Xavier has his own job. I think Walcom has a yeah. job, too. Uh, not last I heard. I thought he did. Maybe he doesn't. Not hmm. that I recall. From my understanding, his, nerf, his YouTube is his full-time job. Wow. Hmm. Is, like, so Silver yeah, so Fox and all them, are they full-time? Less than 10. Yeah, it's like it's it's a very small number of people who can make this. Or, well, I mean, there's also Silver Fox and Foam yeah. Blast. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, I so don't think like, it's Foam Blast's full a... job either. That's, that's, that's really right. true. That's no, true. You're right. You're right. True. Yeah. And they also yeah, yes, Foam Blast even puts Foam all Blast. of the money that they make in the hobby back into the hobby. They they go and yeah. donate to so... to uh, events and stuff like that. So they don't make much profit. Oh, really? Yeah. They they cool. they any profits that they make in the in the hobby other than you know paying for new products or whatever they they reinvest into the hobby because it's a uh, it's a um what's it when Passion. you when you do nice things and don't expect monetary payback uh, marketing charity. Charity, charity donation yeah it's uh whatever <laughs> words English yeah altruistic I mean, that's it ah yeah that's the one philanthropic so philanthropic yeah. on the same subject of uh yeah philanthropic that's that's the right word that's a big word on the subject of knockouts uh not knockouts <laughs> knockoffs on the subject of knockoffs uh one thing that the community i don't think they've realized that the community is is kind of hypocritical on the subject of knockoffs 100 you, 
Exactly. Because if you steal a design from the community, uh, they will lose their minds. However, the community has no problem with knockoff darts, knockoff official nerf blasters. Like, they love their knockoff blasters if it's stuff that's been knockoffs of nerf or other things. The swordfish is a huge thing for some people. Right, and like while I understand it's a big company versus a small person, it's still you have to be at least aware of the hypocrisy. Like you can say, like as long as you're willing to admit, yes, I am okay for this knockoff, but not this knockoff. That's fine. But if you're gonna say all knockoffs are evil, yeah, you're gonna have to deal with the hypocrisy level of that. Cause like that's the thing that's been driving me crazy that I've been having these discussions. That it's like. These are all knockoffs. Like, just because they're a knockoff of something from Nerf doesn't make it not oh, the same answer. exact thing of what they're doing to small creators. Oh, I have answers. are all in favor of that. All right. So, the part of the thing is... Yeah, I feel like you have a different side to that, Meeker. The, there, there's a difference between wholesale, I have taken your file, and now I'm selling it than there is with a lot of these things that we might call see or view as knockoffs but they're actually either concurrent design or similar designs like take uh, an adventure four start right it is a 50 caliber foam dart with a like elastomeric rubber head nerf makes these they don't make them this short and their head design is different so they are they're not a copy of what nerf's doing but they're cutting into their market now, with even with like hobby designs, there's a lot of that that happens where somebody will make a thing and somebody will else will make a thing. The gecko and the fire rat is one of those examples, I think, recently where the fire rat is mechanically functions the same way a gecko does because there's really only so many ways to skin that cat or rat. But from what I understand, it is a a wholesale clean clean sheet design that's its own thing it didn't copy the gecko it was probably inspired by the gecko they probably took a gecko and said huh this is pretty good how can we make it different or better but there's a lot of that that happens and i think when it's the big guys versus the little guys a lot of the times especially as a designer i take something and i say how can i make this do something like what this other thing does and I have to make all my own CAD for it. I can't steal Hasbro's CAD and sell a design based oh, on that because they don't release it. Um, you know, exactly. My, you my, have to do your own measurements. I'm more referring to like the actual knockoff stripes. Like literally, it's a stripe shell with a different color coat of paint, oh. or the Accu fake darts, which again have like the same exact head and design as the official Nerf darts. Which again, as somebody who is running. Uh, a group we used AccuFakes all the time, which again were a knockoff of the AccuStrike heads back down. I'm not referring to the like Adventures Force Wobbles yeah. or those, more like the straight direct ripoffs of official Nerf products. No, I didn't. I wasn't into the knockoff strifes or whatever. I know those were a thing for a little while. I was workers. Uh, what is that? The Phoenix or the Swordfish? The Swordfish is the strife like. Like to me, that's a little bit more inventive on their yeah, part. That's whatever. Cool. Um, okay, you're right about the darts though. More about the direct ripoffs, which I've seen, uh, uh, I've seen them at events many times. So it's not like it's a one-off thing. It's something that's accepted. Again, nobody's calling to ban the knockoff stripes, whereas people are calling to ban the knockoff uh, woozies. That's what I'm referring to. 
I would say that it's it's like where do you draw that line? Is it that oh these two mm. things use the same like dimensions of flywheel spacing, therefore it's a copy? Or the like I'll, I'll give you a perfect example: the N90 versus the Bulwark. Uh, for those that don't know, the N90 uses the same style pusher. No, the N90 was the a copy. Bulwark. So, so here's what I'm getting to. I am de currently designing a blaster that uses a rotary pusher. Does that mean I am technically technically copying the bulwark? No, because the N90 t took the bulwark's files, put new decoration on the exterior of the bulwark's interior, and then released it for free. Like, I think he had bought the files. So that was actually a clone copy. There are other uh, run-of-the-mill... I think actually the word run of the mill is a, is a Ryarjar's pusher, not Jackrabbits, and they both do the same yeah, thing. Exactly, R Ryarjar. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Also <laughs> has a rotary pusher, and actually offered to give me the CAD for that. Yep. I mean, of course, you get to the point where you know is is every you know direct prime night finder like thing where you have a teeple at the back and dark comes out the front is all of that a copy of you know a, a rainbow pistol from 2003 or whenever they began making those like in the community space not you know ripping off nerf versus ripping off a community member but you know you get into that bit is it iterative design is it going too far with your quote-unquote iterations to like when do you get over that point where copyright law legally says it's 11 or 17 percent or whatever change and then it's yours but where do you make that moral stand yeah i was just going to talk about that because like there had been the thing thrown around recently where it's like oh well this is a percentage different by by law than you know then it's it's a different design or the thing is we can't pursue that anyway like we are running like our whole community and hobby runs around like a moral compass where it's like hey just don't steal my idea or like you can use my files and like modify them but don't like don't sell them or don't don't just copy them and make something different because we're in a situation as a hobby where like we can't we can't patent things we don't have the money to patent which is the unfortunate downside to all of this. Um, but like, I mean, even if you, you were able to patent something, you probably wouldn't even have the funds to go legally pursue that. But exactly, exactly. And, you know, there, there are so many different ways you can, I think as mentioned, ways to skin a cat where it's like you can, there are so many people who come to the same conclusions with the design and like release them at the same time. And people get upset about, oh, like you've stolen my idea. And it's like, you know, People can have similar ideas. Doesn't mean convergent like, design. Yes, convergent. Yeah, exactly. That's where uh, I feel like this IP law the Zink and is Gecko extremely came out. complicated and tricky, and we're kind of skating on weird thin ice in a moral agreement. Um, I think yeah, we could we could just have a whole episode of let's talk about yeah. copyright, and then uh, end with isn't that what we're doing? Well, <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> Unless you want to move on, I, yeah, I think we could. I think we can also continue this on other... I'm sure there will be other things in the future that will hit on this as well. Yeah, we just ended on... Well, this is kind of like a, a moral uh, obligation or a social contract. And we're hoping you abide by that. And that's our goal. <laughs> right. 
Unless yeah, you're Hasbro. We don't care about you if you're Hasbro. Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> people have this like Robin Hood feeling with Hasbro where they're like, oh, they sell their darts for too much. Like they shouldn't sell these for too much. Well, I'll buy it from a competitor who sells the same like dart heads because they're cheaper. And it's like, yeah, I mean I do that too, but I also understand like that like they're I am being pretty hypocritical when I do it. And like there's nothing wrong with that. Like I just think that, yeah, it was an interesting point to bring up where it's like if it Hasbro does it, we don't care. But if a small community member does it, then like we up, we we bring out the the picket fence, you know, pitchforks. the pitchforks pitch and yeah. I think the yeah. darts is really the best example of the hip- hypocrisy there. Right? Is is dart oh, yeah. design enough of a thing to change it, or does like it's not as much of an issue owned? nowadays because there's. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Is it enough to just change the the dart head design, or do you need to change the actual composition of the foam to be denser, or like, or not to it be? A, oh, this is an entirely new dart. Like with the uh, ultra darts, with the with the DRM. Uh, six months later, there there are knockoff ultra darts. And they put a lot of time and effort in terms of like design research into developing yeah, that. It didn't pay off, and none of that was put into performance. <laughs> <laughs> which didn't pay off but they put the money in you yeah. know it's like and someone is just like oh well let me let me take all these dimensions all of these percentages and foam weights and all that and just copy it you know it's like that does kind of suck well i think boomstick got skipped they uh they didn't use the dart they designed well i was gonna say it's a lot it's it's a lot different nowadays than it at least was back when i first started the maryland nerf herders back when i was first running a group and there was and dart zone wasn't this competitor it used to be because like back in the day to get a bunch of darts for a good price you had to go third party and that again it was a really big problem whereas nowadays you don't have that same issue between the adventure force with the adventure force pro darts or the waffle heads which again the waffle heads the difference between the accu fakes and the and the adventure force waffle heads the waffle heads are are very clear i would say from my perspective a different design as opposed to the accu fakes which are almost the same exact design as nerf it's a clear uh, possibly the same design the waffles, I, I would say can you put this can you put this knockoff dart against its nerf equivalent and tell them apart yeah well and but it's also the thing too because like a lot of those darts that like adventure force made like i think like connect starts were like the first ones that use like a hollow body like that and then which were like pretty novel at the time and now like there's just so many different iterations of that it's like you can put a different pattern i can put like a hex pattern or a line pattern and like they're basically the same thing they just look different well and then uh there's also the the whole the rise of third-party darts really revitalized the hobby like slug had left yeah because he didn't want to make darts i was not a huge dart making fan um and then what was it like 2012 13 14 we started to get third party availability yeah i would say when so when was gen one for the worker darts when did the mm. worker darts come yeah like gen one worker darts because those were like the first like third party half dart we had available right no i mean we, we had fvjs for a while yeah well like but they weren't they weren't cut uh half dots right didn't you have to cut no. those down yourself no you still had to cut them but who cares oh. about cutting them making the heads was a pain ah but that's an interesting distinction okay so that must have been before my time yeah that's something you guys used to do i completely forgot about that yeah, yeah. you used to have to and then, buy the foam at the home depot washers. 
Oh, it sucked. <laughs> and most so people good. had good foam, so you had to like source it from someone who found like better foam. Home Depot's foam was like, trash. Different oh, colors. Man. Yeah. You had to buy it from someone else. Hot glue domes. Yeah, and you need to use your dart in your blaster because, you know, Jim's darts might not work in your snap. Yeah, bow. I'm using Pet G versus CPVC or vice versa. The yeah. dark arts Brass. of dart barrel fit, which actually are still really valid today, and more people should kind of be aware of them, but uh, they're lost to the ages of time. <laughs> right. It's kind of crazy how, like, that used to be, like, a given of, like, what do you mean you're not making your own darts? Now it's like an entirely taboo thing to have your like your own homemade. Darts. You're not allowed to do it. <laughs> Quite True, literally, honestly, yeah. an event will show well, you the door. There are some do. that still do it. Um, there, there was a time and place too where I remember like Busby was doing their own dart length, and then like all of a sudden when Busby like. I think around the time they were doing like the Sentinel and it was like, whoa, they're doing the same dimensions of nerf darts. Like you can use these interchangeably now. Like that was a big, it's probably big because of the mag well. fed when you front loaded, it didn't matter. You could front load anything right. on anything pretty much. Exactly. Well, Busby, Busby darts were, were wider. So you couldn't use nerf darts in a lot of Busby blasters because they are restrictor. And then they started to use similar foam thickness in terms of inner diameter. You could always rip out that dart peg. True. <laughs> I, I still do that. <laughs> yeah. If we've learned anything from Boomco, it's that the there needs to be one standard for Dart. Because well, as far if you want to succeed anyway, trying True. to come up with a new standard for Dart is incredibly difficult to do. I mean, when was the last time we had a successful... Well, it's I rarely. Back, yeah. Mega, Mega XL is the new successful Dart. But again, that's because it survives off of fun, not off of how it performs the last performance ammo type was what rival hyper yeah which is how old and also now? mega xl has only been like six months so yeah i mean oh, i would less than right. six months right it's early yeah. to say mega gonna, xl yeah. is surviving it's just a fun dart yeah yeah well i the only reason i say it's surviving is because i know several groups that are now providing mega xl like it's not just to bring your own thing like groups are starting to actually provide it because it's easier to provide mega xl than it would be to provide rockets right that is a good point i think the like going back to sort of the the term of copycats there was a kickstarter by boom tendo who is like the boom boomco guy to create half-length boomco darts and like the pengu darts yeah exactly pengu darts but those didn't end up being made but i i'm kind of wondering now if they did take off would that technically be considered a copycat? Because he was making full-length versions, I believe. Oh, 100%. If, if they, that would be another not... Now, it's a product that's no longer available. So I would say that it's not as the same necessarily issue because it's a completely brand new issue. But it, it still would 100% be a complete knockoff of actual Boomco darts. Definitely. And and also, you know, with things no longer being produced anymore, you also get into large manufacturers of, you know, like Hasbro stops making the recon. People get angry and all that stuff. Hasbro stops making the retaliator. You know, people get unhappy. And you got Worker over there making, what is it, the Prophecy, which is basically a recon retaliator because they saw that Hasbro could 
pull production at any point and suddenly half of their uh, product line is, you know, you don't have anything to put their mod kits into. You kind of need that in order to sell mod kits. Yeah. And that goes back to the discussion of, like, where the line is for knockoff, because I wouldn't... Cons- I personally wouldn't consider the Prophecy to be a knockoff of the Retaliator or Recon, which, again, I understand they use the same exact internals uh, for at least... Again, this is an extremely subjective thing. Again, pulling back to our previous conversation of... From, from my perspective, the way I go about it when calling knockoffs is simply... When you look at that blaster, do you go, go? Oh, that's clearly a knockoff of this, or it's like, oh, I think this might be a knockoff. If you're not, if it's not a hundred percent obvious that it's a knockoff, like the knockoff of the uh, 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 foam of nature, like you look at the knockoff of the foam of nature, and that was a very obvious. Oh yeah, that's a foam of na- nature. Yeah, I can't speak. A foam of nature knockoff. Right. I think a lot of that is up to perspective and up to, like, how people view it, especially if, like, Hasbro was ever to cease and desist someone's work. Like, I mean, shoot, uh, Silly is doing a, basically a Sledgefire remake, and I'm helping with, like, basically rebuilding the crossbow from scratch. Dirty cloners! all the same dimensions. What? <laughs> Dirty cloners! <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yes, but, like, we are to the them... Problem. If if anyone was if anyone would like didn't know and saw this on Reddit or if Hasbro saw it they could anyone could easily say like oh they must have found the original files and like edited them or just like took the original crossbow files and like cut it up and like three D printed it and like if you wanted to pursue that in court in terms of like if we're talking about stealing IP you could easily make that opinion interjection from- you could not um well, you you could because I you, if unless I came out and said no, that's not the case. I took an original blaster and took calipers well, and like measured it all. This is then where that would make the distinction different. This is where we're getting into uh, what copyright actually protects and what and CAD versus uh, artistry versus like an expression versus intent and other things. Um, the fact of the oh, matter so I'm is, not going off of that. I'm going more from like the the like community perspective. The community idea, but there's also like a mechanism. You can't copyright or patent a mechanism, and some, especially with our designs, like you have a 50 Didn't. caliber foam projectile, and you have to propel it at a certain a certain distance to make it worthwhile, and you have to feed it a certain way. There are only so many physical actual mechanisms that will do that. So. Like Silly's uh, Super Sledge, copying the way the Sledge Fire works isn't a copy in the same way these clones are. It is, it's a community design to replicate the function of that. It's like Slug made the Caliburn to replace homemade long shots or modified long shots. Uh, right. It's, it's, it's using that idea and it's using some of, the, some of the concepts on the internals, how the mech works, but it's its own thing. So the only the only thing I'm going to say to to kind of add to that is, let's say like if Silly was to do that to someone else's design, especially if it was like a designer that either doesn't exist anymore or isn't around or isn't producing that blaster anymore. And yeah, like you couldn't pursue that in law. But if someone was like, I don't like that you've stolen their idea or this concept, we're going to blacklist you from this community or like people will now look down on your work or down on you specifically because we feel like you've stolen something or you've taken an idea, that's when it can be tricky. 
because it's like, well, like, you know, they may or may not have done that. And yeah, you can't pursue that in court and there's no like legal ramifications, but there is a perception that can change from like the community I th- side. I think we're forgetting that sometimes it's not about does it hold up in court? It's a lot of the time about intimidation, meaning yeah. if Hasbro c- cracks down on one of us, you you can't fight that. You're done. Also, because if they come down on one of us, they'll come down on all of us, too. Yeah. They're, and like also, they're, a, it they're not going to come down on any of us for any of the stuff we're doing. No, no. But if they ever did. I mean, if what they makes did, the collective of pants of the community would be shat. <laughs> yeah, there would pretty much be nothing we could do. Um, oh, I forgot. <laughs> As I say, this is just another form of the... Uh, what I would consider to be that same hypocrisy to where it's like, it's not like I'm calling people out, you hypocrites, how dare you? It's just like, it's just something that you need to be aware of that yeah. there is this little bit of hypocrisy in the community that we're okay with a little bit of stealing here as long as it's from Hasbro. I've, I've seen convergent design examples before where somebody makes something that's like super easy to do. Like say you get a pick rail that you're adding to a blaster, right? That is an open standard on one hand because the pick rail is, it has to be what it has to be to work and, it, and there's a standard for it. And an open standard on the other hand, the blaster frame itself, it has to fit this blaster to work. So there's, that's another example of that. There's only so many ways to do this. Now, if somebody made that, somebody else could independently, without talking to the first person, make the same thing. And, I, and that's a case where I say, look, that isn't a copy, that's a convergent design. And I can, I mean, there was a lot of those examples before the pandemic where somebody would make a, a, a simple part and somebody else would make the same simple part near, usually pretty close together uh, for whatever blaster. And then, uh, you know, one of them would get mad about it. But it's like, look, guys, these do the same thing, but they're not the same file. This guy didn't copy this guy and this guy didn't copy him. He's not IP theft. It's just both of you made the same thing at the same time with the same constraints. So say I'm only like what one of like five or ten people who made the brass inserts for the knockout when it first came out. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was a whole bunch of us who did the same exact thing. I mean, I basically then did also, that. Also, <laughs> with that, you get to like with the Nexus Pro, it releases, and people are like, "Hey, I want this rail a little bit longer." It's probably about the same amount of time when all the designers are like realizing that this would be nicer with that little extra bit of Picatinny rail. And then all of them start designing within the, like within a month of each other. And some of them work faster than others and all that stuff. And then within a week, you can probably have two or three of the same exact thing release at the same time. And maybe even not on the same platform. Like one person posts to Reddit, one person posts to Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then you get the community members being like, Hey, I saw this cool thing. And, Someone else is like, yeah, I saw that cool thing. Oh, wait, they're not the same thing. What is happening? And then someone will be like, well, my friend made that first. And like, no, my friend, I made that first. And then that's when it becomes like weird. And I think communication is going to be important like forever for that because it's like, you know, that's just going to make things easier. Right. Or the uh, Aeon pump kits. Those are slightly, I think it's, I forget which two there was, but one of them was the palm topper kit. And one of them is mine. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah so Which we exactly. both went about it completely different ways. And I never once like bought his files or anything. And I think as long like though that's a big it's a really easy example because they both like look different. They both do different things. Um, but if but I was they accomplish like the same the same objective. Yeah. But if I was like over here like, oh, I basically made the exact same thing he did. It works the exact same. It just looks a little different. 
you know, you can make the argument, but I think it's still like very, you know, people are just going to say make a Nexus Pro anyway with us. So <laughs> I, think. I think we've successfully exhausted that topic. Yeah. We've gone all around everywhere we can. <laughs> yeah. So next time on to... Dark Jam, the same topic over again. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Repetition. No. So do we, do we want to try no, anything will... else or do you want to just wrap it up here? No, I, think I was, was, was going to try to wrap it up with a little bit of a outro of everyone. Uh, gotcha. Wrapping up this uh, topic, we got copying Hasbro is good. Copying community designers is bad. Except for hey, one, that's not exactly right. <laughs> you got it's a bullet point. Darts. Copying is bad. It's slightly more okay when it's Hasbro. Exactly. It's complicated when it's Hasbro. It's complicated yeah. when it's Hasbro. You got darts. Darts are cool. People can make darts. Doesn't matter who it is. Buy what you like, except for when you don't. Basically, it's up to you to decide what you take from this episode. You can agree with us. You can disagree with us. That's not Doesn't actually an matter. option. <laughs> we are still dealing with this issue in the community, and we will, for the foreseeable future, as long as this community exists, have to deal with, is this person copying this person? Is this person copying this <laughs> design from Hasbro or other design uh, company? Are these darts good? Are these darts bad? Depending on who's making them. It's a never-ending question. It's always going to be an issue. Best we can do is deal with it whenever it comes up and deal with it on a case-by-case -case basis because not everything's the same. doesn't matter who made it or when they made it. It doesn't, you can't just deal with it with a blanket term of it's bad, it's good. There's areas of gray everywhere. I have a solution. I'll just make every single possible real design and release them all. <laughs> yes, good solution. Alternatively, no one makes anything and everyone drops, Ban the, nerf. everyone drops the hobby. Footloose, nerf loose, okay? We're banning nerf. Yes. No one can do it anymore. And that was our short recap of everything we just discussed. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you guys have enjoyed Dart Jam, where we'll be covering more topics in the future as well. I've been Boomstick Mods. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, all under Boomstick Mods. You can find Brandon Diaz at YouTube as Brandon Diaz. Meeker, where can we find you? Uh, I've got my Etsy shop, uh, etsy.com slash shop slash Meeker Arms. And then I've also got an Instagram. I hang out on Reddit. Uh, and then I'm on the Discords and various Facebook groups as well. How about you, Nate? I'm Nathani. Uh, you, right now, you can only find me on Instagram at ns underscore arms. Uh, hopefully going to have some stuff coming real soon. Silly butts. You can find me on YouTube at, you know, youtube.whatever slash sillybutts. Uh, on Reddit, I am sillythegamer because someone stole my username. Uh, I'm on most of the large Nerf discords as well as um, Nerf Haven under silly or sillybutts. Uh, I use the same name everywhere. If there's a place where the community is, I'm probably on it, except for Instagram and TikTok because I don't use those. And where can we find you, Spud? Um, yeah, and I'm Spud Spadoni on basically everything uh, Nerf-related as far as YouTube, Reddit, Discord, um, and then Submarino Fabrication on Etsy, where you can find some of my work uh, that I have for sale. You can find links to all of us and everything we talked about down in the description. 
And uh, join us next time where we try to jam in as many topics as we can into a single episode. Ooh, yeah, that's clean. Use of the name. <laughs>